You are listening to the Straight Shooters exclusively on Wildfire Radio. Subscribe to the Straight Shooters podcast on iTunes by visiting the iTunes store and download every episode on wildfireradio.com. Now, here's Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of professional wrestling. Is Warren Johnson. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of mine, Nick Picky. I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a uh, parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? Yeah, as always, with my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. I don't really know us like you think that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. What is he doing? Oh my God! Is he the third man? He's the third man! What the hell is going on here? Straight Shooters is, the, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food, no nothing. Just maniacism. Well, the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Straight Shooter Action. All right. No, I'm just kidding. This is like a little girl for shoot. It's a little bit later than usual because we got some got lives and schedules are hectic. You know, Nick is busy today, and I'm going out of town this weekend. I'm gonna be Canton, Ohio, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, stuff like that. So this is actually the best time for us to do to do our show this week late on a Wednesday night. So like I said, straight shoot it at the dark, baby. We just did episode sixty nine. Instead, it's episode one fifty eight. Man, too bad it wasn't one sixty nine. Oh man, we were eleven. <laughs> we were eleven episodes ahead. Yeah, yeah. If I'm, my math is is correct, but uh, I'm of course your host, Vaughn Johnson, joined by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Pacona, Philly voice and Philly influencer, Nick. How are you tonight? I'm tired, but <laughs> I don't think we've ever done a podcast this late, <clears throat> even uh, when we were doing it at the studio. So, no. uh, this is this no. should be a good one. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this. No, you never did anything remotely this late. <laughs> I think maybe eight o'clock was the latest, yeah. <laughs> or maybe nine. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, but you're tired. I'm kind of tired, and I'm also not feeling great because I fell in a hole today. Oh, in Oregon. Oh, well, I'm glad you're not in the hole right now. Yeah, of course. But I don't think it's, if you follow me on Twitter at Vaughn M. Johnson, uh, you saw the picture of the hole that I. My leg went knee deep into. I was just walking across the street, minding my own business, looking at the light. I wasn't looking at my phone. I know some people are like probably looking at your phone. No, I'm looking at the, the, the light, the traffic light, just seeing how many seconds I had left. I had the light, just checking how many seconds I had left, so it determines my pace. If I got 20 <laughs> seconds, I'm not walking that fast. But if I got three or four, I might put some pep in my step. And I, I was walking at a brisk pace. I wanted to go home, and all of a sudden. Stepped into this hole, like good size hole, but it was it wasn't like it was massive, but it's still big enough that you have to be kind of unlucky to step into it. But my whole foot went in it, my leg went down in it, scraped my leg up a little bit, on some cuts and scrapes. But yeah, I was like knee deep in this thing. I was on the ground. My leg was in this hole, 
and I had to I climbed out pretty quickly and just looked around I was like what the hell is that and there's this hole with what? nothing around it no one helped you out I mean I got up so fast I'm a G so yeah. I was like whatever you know <laughs> I mean, you can't hold me but still, oh, I was like I was furious like, you know I alerted the authorities and uh. hopefully I'm be down Broad Oregon tomorrow morning well I'm gonna look for that yeah. hole and if they ain't and covered up or some signs around it I'm gonna call them again do game. it and i don't know like if this happens again you might not be out on those streets anymore people can find you people can find you out in those streets like yeah like i can't be at least on that street particularly <laughs> no, no. i'm not gonna be out in that street because it's dangerous literally dangerous for me to be out in that street and i you know i'm a gnr but i like to be safe yeah. at the same time yeah. you know well but, I'm, I'm i'm glad that uh your whole body didn't go through that hole uh, and hopefully uh, tomorrow it goes the same way. Uh, we don't see that. Well, I'm not going to be walking in that same direction. It's going to be a little different commute. I'm not, mm. saying, not saying different commute, just a different way I'm walking. But I will definitely walk up to that hole and see what's up with it. And yeah, like, check it out. Cause I'm upset. Like Drake. Should be. Yeah. Can't go 50 50 with no hole. <laughs> you know that. You know that All right, that was episode 158. Yeah. I don't think we can top that. <laughs> I'm here on. I'm available for your bar mitzvahs, your bat mitzvahs, your <laughs> graduations, all that stuff. Um, christenings, baby showers. Um, but yeah, we got a discussion topic tonight. As late as it is, we're going to talk about kind of just the rivalry that is, or lack thereof, with. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I think it's worth. That's no, actually me. I think it's worth talking. Oh, <laughs> I think it's worth talking about. Uh, I think it's worth talking about and uh, you know discussing, and because obviously they're going to face each other for the forty fifth time <sighs> at SummerSlam in about I don't know three weeks. I don't know when SummerSlam even is. Honestly, yeah, the nineteenth. The nineteenth. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, we weeks. got. So we're recording this August first. So one, two, two weeks, two and a half weeks, yeah, eighteen days. Wow, so two and a half weeks. Uh, so we we'll just talk about, you know, I mean, we're not going to talk about whether it ranks highly on the list of rivalries because it doesn't. Uh, hmm. But just where kind of the missteps WWE has gone because it's it's not good, folks. Uh, to be honest with you, it just just counting, recounting all of WWE's missteps with these two guys who were this rivalry. Potentially, we talk about Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, talents there. WWE just messing it all up at every turn, it seems like. Uh, but before that, we've got some kind of some touchy subjects to touch on. Uh, and first one is this past weekend, all in one day, which I believe was a Saturday? Uh, was it Sunday? Or Sunday. Uh, I think it was. Maybe they were all confirmed Sunday, but like there were rumors out there Saturday, something like that. If there was that. Yeah, I mean, if you go by, you know, it happened. It was reported like three days ago, August, July twenty ninth, July thirtieth ish. So we're talking Sunday about Sunday, right? This is when a lot of this stuff, these reports came out, and that. Four, not three, but four members of the wrestling community uh, met their untimely demise in various 
ways. Uh, I think most notable on the list of these uh, names is WWE Hall of Famer Nikolai Volkov, who died at the age of 70. I'm not sure if there was a direct cause for his death. Just I didn't see it, but 70, I, I honestly thought he was older than that, so I was kind of surprised by that. 70 is pretty young. Yeah, I mean, but he, he lived a good life. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I do have his autograph. He came to Seven Eleven when I was growing up in Philly. So, and when I, there's, I have a picture with him. So, yeah. I thought about that when I heard that news. And I thought about it's funny you have an interaction with him. I also got to interview him. That would have been now mm-hmm. three years yeah. ago at WrestleMania 31, and I and that was a short interview, uh, for a brief time, but. He seemed pretty gracious with his time. He was willing to answer my stupid questions, and <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciated that at the time. I still appreciate it today. Uh, everything that all the people that have said things about him since his, uh, his his passing, nothing but glowing things about Nikolai Volkov, how much of a gentleman he was, you know, how just good all around good person he was. Obviously, he had a long and storied career. Uh, especially obviously with WWE, where he would you know have tag team Iron Sheik and mm. <clears throat> getting that ring and sing the national anthem, Russian national anthem, and talk about a heat, you know, magnet before before Elias, which mm-hmm. I mean, he, he doesn't even really get heat. He, people like Elias; mm-hmm. they like singing with him. But Nikolai Volkov would demand that you stand up and you know respect the Russian mm-hmm. national, the Soviet national anthem back then. I should say, mm-hmm. boy, he talking about some heat. He got it. And he had a long career. I mean, he's wrestling as recently as like last year or something like that. He was still going. Jeez. So. Man. Very long career for Mr. Volkov. Any you have any like big memories of Nikolai Volkov offhand? Uh, I think uh there was a one of the WWE the old WWF pay per views, maybe one of the first ones they had. There was like a tournament and he the wrestling it's about like the wrestling classic or something like that and uh because hogan hogan faced piper in the main event and hogan was wearing like all white tights so in that you know two hour and 40 some minute pay-per-view i have the vhs i have bought it at a store uh nikolai volkov was doing his anthem thing in, in the ring uh he was facing the dynamite kid and it was a tournament type setting and uh he sung the anthem and then he started yelling at the crowd and the bell had rung and Dynamite Kid just went up to the top rope and as Nikolai Volkov was like panning around, just like yelling at the crowd, he got hit with a missile dropkick and uh, Dynamite Kid pinned him right after that. So uh, that's probably the the most glaring uh, memory I have of him because from what I saw of him wrestling, it uh, wasn't a whole, whole lot. You know, he when I started watching, uh, he was kind of getting into that baby face role as uh you know him and jim duggan were a tag team at SummerSlam 90 that was the first time i really saw him in action and then years later he joined the corporation so yeah the million dollar corporation so uh (laughs) nothing really of note there that he did uh for me personally so yeah yeah i mean his prime was obviously before my time on this planet Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to watch him a little bit in the 90s, like I said, in the Million Dollar Corporation. Uh, I guess during his sporadic appearances over the years after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, obviously going back to watch some of his stuff in the 80s. Uh, and like I said, I was 
really excited to actually meet him in, in back at WrestleMania 31 because it's you know it's a legend, it's Hall of Famer, yeah. it's a lot of Volkov. And I actually, you know, this wasn't a stupid question, but I asked him about being like a foreign heel. And if you recall, this was Rusev versus Cena uh, when Rusev came out on a tank. Yeah, man. And representing Russia, and probably can't do that gimmick now. <laughs> Given our circumstances, this is already a nah. heat thing back then. WWE's kind yeah, of had the curve on that. Yeah, uh, give them credit where it's due. They don't get they don't deserve credit much very often. <laughs> but they were kind of ahead of the curve. They can't probably do that too much now. But I, I did kind of ask him about like what was it like for him being, you know, kind of what Rusev was in 2015, which was a guy like a foreign menace, so to speak. And uh, I wish I I, I, had, I took the video took a video of that interview and I. Obviously, since it's three years ago, that was a couple phones ago, and I did not save that to the cloud or anything like that. I probably tweeted it out uh, three years ago, which I could probably search and you know dig up at some point. But uh, but yeah, it was just you know some quick and, and brief and like I said, but it was still like I thought it was still really cool. Yeah, Nikolai Volkov. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the the next. I want to say most probably most tragic death that was reported over the weekend was to Brian Lawler, Brian Lawler, you know, or Brian Christopher, or better known to wrestling fans as Grandmaster Sexay. Uh, he was arrested for DUI recently, and you know, just you know, that sucks by itself. But apparently, he uh, and this is just what's been reported. He committed suicide while he was in jail and rushed to the hospital and did not survive. Unfortunately, uh, he was only forty-six years old. Obviously, he's the son of Jerry Lawler, who's you know we all know who Jerry Lawler is. But that was that's really sad, man. I mean, I remember yeah. watching before he was Grandmaster Sexay, watching Brian Christopher as when he was with, I guess, would have been. Too Hot Taylor, Scott Too Hot Taylor, mm. as part of Too Much. Um, I remember thinking, I remember playing like WWF Attitudes, like, who are these two goofy looking guys? Like, mm. Too Hot and Brian Christopher, Too Much or whatever. But when they became too cool, man, were they over? I, I know people like, a lot of people talk about in 2009 or 99 and 2000, TLC matches, the tag teams, Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, and you know stuff like that, but people—I don't want to say always, but routinely or a lot, I should say, maybe not all the time, but good amount of the time—leave out too cool out of that equation. Now they didn't have the TLC matches, they didn't do the ladder matches and stuff like that, but they were a white hot act in like the first seven, eight months of 2000. They were as over as any of those tag teams, and they were—they were—they were tag team champions for a little bit. Scotty Juhati was a light heavyweight champion, like and Rikishi obviously was a singles guy. He was IC champion or whatever, but Too Cool was over, and obviously Brian Christopher was a big part of that. One third of the the trio known as Too Cool. So yeah, it's just it's just a sad ending to a um you know, a life, any life, whether it was good or bad life, whatever. It's just a, just a sad way to see someone uh pass away. And, you know, it's just another just more, this this more lends more credence to people having 
professional help if they have mental health issues and creating awareness for mental health. And, you know, if you if you have suffered from mental health issues in any type of way to seek help uh, and to, you know, because, I mean, people do this stuff, unfortunately, all the time. And it's sad. It's really sad. It's, it's, yeah. it's terrible. I feel terrible for like the, the Jerry Lawler and, and that whole family. Yeah, and it it just seemingly came out of nowhere, you know. Like, I've when he was arrested for DUI, you see like you know the reports come out, and you're just kind of like ah, uh, like you know you don't really think much of it. And here you go, like weeks later, a month two later, I, I forget how long ago it was, and then you hear that happening, and it you're just like, like it was like maybe man. a week or so ago when he got yeah, well yeah, I, it wasn't that long. Um, it's almost like, man, like. Just imagine the toll that it had on him. Just that, just a DUI, and it's obviously a big deal, but enough for him to feel like you know he he's failed everyone, and uh, you know just to end it all just so quickly is it, just kind of crazy. And like you said, like I think I read a report Jerry Lawler was trying to get him a a like a the job at NXT maybe as like a, mm-hmm. a trainer or yeah, like uh, an agent or something like that. So imagine, you know, if that would have come to fruition and uh, maybe whatever demons that Brian Lawler had, maybe they would have not been there or gone away. Um, it just didn't happen, I guess, in time. And, uh, you know, you say like, obviously too cool was the white hot act of, of that era minus you know the tlc tag teams and matches um i never gave that enough credit honestly during the time i thought they were almost even with rikishi i was just kind of like ah these guys are just kind of a lame act like supposed to be a lame act they kind of i mean they really they were like yeah. they had really no business being over (laughs) for whatever reason it worked and it did it was because WWF at that time was just so it was just rolling on so many cylinders that pretty mm. much everything was over and even too cool was over but there was some type of there was a real cool vibe and like people just got with them for whatever reason people would love Rikishi obviously mm-hmm. people really you know Scotty Duhati when he was selling in matches he, he can get sympathy and he had to you talk about finishes the people's elbow was the most open finish at that point the second was overfinished in 2000, arguably, was the damn worm. <laughs> like, like, oh, you talk about a stupid finish. <laughs> but you can't tell me that people uh, weren't throwing their babies in the air every time he did they, it. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it was just everything was uh, working. Everything was clicking it, and too cool click. And it was it really, it was magic. Uh, it was really magic. <clears throat> and it should have never busted them up. <laughs> Agreed. The the thing I w- I was looking at was like, man, they look so dumb dancing like that, but the people loved it. So it, it was like they weren't quote unquote great dancers. You know, they were just doing these know. stupid moves, and but people were loving it. So you know, me growing up in the Attitude Era as a teen, you know, I try to be uh, wary on the side of cool. Like I want to be cool. I don't want to. I don't want to look like a you know idiot. So I was just kind of like, wow, those guys are lame. But after the, it's after the fact where I started to appreciate just what. Obviously, we've said before the attitude error wasn't everything, 
wasn't always great. Um, and that part of it, I would, I would turn to and be like, man, like I, I never understood why too cool was so over even with Rikishi, but you know, you see all these, you go back and watch all these clips and uh, it, it's sad that it takes something like this for, for me to go back and like actually appreciate uh, what they did because, you know, that's all they needed to do, you know, then I'm sure. And they, and prided themselves on it. You know, they did the same thing night after night yeah. and they, they switched it up a little bit, they but you know, the Royal Rumble, uh, the Royal Rumble scene was great. And Rikishi, you know, eliminating them after they danced like that was, that was great. And I don't, I never appreciated that until, you know, unfortunately it's just kind of too late because one of those, uh, of the trio is gone. I recently watched a 10 man tag from maybe February, 2000. I know exactly what match you're talking and about. And I've watched this match multiple times in the past because I do remember this, and it was such a huge like deal. It was, I guess, it's supposed to be five on two. It's supposed to be Triple H, yeah. Spock, uh, Malenko, Benoit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And Malenko, Benoit, and Perry Saturn. Yeah. Versus Rock and Mc- or Cactus Jack. So they came down, and I guess they they didn't announce that they had tag team partners or something like that. And then all of a sudden, two cool music hits, and people went crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you would have thought The Rock came out again. <laughs> match happened, and yep. they lost something like that. But that match, is, in general, just showed how over everyone was. Like the fans were going <laughs> crazy for the whole match. The good guys really lost. Were. They're still going crazy. Then Kane came out, and they went crazy again. It was like Kane's thirtieth return, and it's only two thousand. Yeah. They still went banana anyway, and it was just it was, it was a lot. But you know, too cool was a part of that man, and, and Brian Christopher was a part of that. So may he rest mm. in peace, and uh, just. Yeah, this is unfortunate, man. Like I said, I, was, I can't stress enough. If, if uh, I guess I can, it wouldn't hurt to do this to give out the suicide prevention hotline. Because uh, I think it's necessary. I think everybody, not really everybody, but if you're going through something and you feel like that's the necessary step to, to take, don't. Uh, uh, call this number first, and that's 1-800-273-8255. Uh, 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Uh, it's and they got an online chat too, even so. Hmm. It's just yeah, it's just it's just so unfortunate, man. It's terrible. It's really terrible. You but, just um, never know what somebody's thinking right, at all times. Uh, next story. Next person, I should say, that passed on this weekend. Wasn't really nationally known, nationally renowned, big territory guy, but Brookhouse Brown died at 57. And sad that he died, really, like you said, 70s young. 57 is obviously a lot younger. Uh, but he had cancer, unfortunately. He was diagnosed mm-hmm. with cancer some time ago. Uh, and it was uh, the, the strange thing about with this is that he had, they had thought that he had died like nine days before he actually did. And his mom was, I guess, in his line, line next to him in bed, and she heard him talking. And like they were ready to take the body. The like, coroner was coming to take the body. They thought he had passed on, and he really didn't. Mm. And she was laying next to the body and heard him talking, and he, he lived on for another, what, I think it was nine days, before he officially finally passed on at the age of 57. He succumbed to his battle with cancer. But obviously, look, I'm, obviously we'll be in Nick. Younger guys, so Brickhouse Brown is definitely before our time. But not even saying that; it's just he wasn't that big of a star. But it's still sad to see a member of the wrestling 
fraternity uh mm-hmm. pass on like again at such a young age and again stricken by cancer which mm-hmm. obviously knows is has no type of uh, does not discriminate against anyone or any gender any race or any age even it take anyone and it's terrible every single time uh so rest in peace to Brickhouse Brown and again condolences to him and his family yeah and last but obviously not least we have Tracy Cadell, who passed away this past weekend. Uh, he was, I believe he was 50 years old, it looks like. Jeez. Yeah, 50 years old. Um, yeah, it was another untimely passing. Uh, and if you don't know Tracy Cadell, he is a father of, I believe he's still independent. I'm not sure if he's independent or not, but he worked for Impact Wrestling. He's a father of Trevor Lee, who's been in PWG, he's been in Impact. Been a lot of different places. Uh, is it one of the one of the members of that North Carolina contingent? Uh, it's like Matt Hardy, Shannon Moore, Hurricane Helms. You know, a whole bunch of those North Carolina guys. Well, Tracy Cadell, his father, actually helped found helped I guess you know, as a co-founder of the Omega promotion that Matt Hardy started down in North Carolina. Uh, him and Matt Hardy were really good friends apparently, and they started that promotion together. And I think I think it's still going today, but. Uh, so that's another unfortunate passing. Uh, Trevor Lee put out a GoFundMe link because, you know, obviously this is unexpected and he wasn't, you know, him and his family wasn't prepared for this, but now they, you know, they got to pay for a funeral. They got to, they got to bury the, the man. Uh, so they put out a GoFundMe. Uh, the goal was $9,000. They have surpassed that goal by over $1,000. They had $10,700. Uh, I mean, it was raised by 211 people in two days. So, wow, good job by the rest yeah, of the, fans, the community and whoever absolutely. else donated to Trevor Lee and his family. Uh, I think the page is still open. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if you can still, you can still donate actually. Uh, so feel free to donate if you want to just, you know, help the family out in general because I'm sure even though the funeral costs nine thousand dollars, they could probably use maybe some extra money after that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Who knows? But uh, <clears throat> yeah, but that's 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 a, at least some good news coming out of this is that people rally together and and help pay for that funeral. Uh, but yeah, so uh, again, I hate to say it again for like this is the fourth time now, but rest in peace to Mr. Cadell and mm. uh, condolences to him and his family, and of course, you know, Trevor Lee. Keep your head up, man. Yeah, you said it perfectly, dude. As usual. Well, I'll try. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to this other kind of strange thing to talk about that you have to discuss here, uh, I kind of want to talk about what platforms we're on because I didn't talk about that earlier. And I usually <laughs> do talk about it at the top of the show. Uh, but we're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Spreaker. We're on TuneIn. We're on Player FM. We're on SoundCloud. We're live on YouTube. You can, just, you can you know interact with us on this side of the screen over here. And, of course, we're on the mothership, wildfireradio.com. You can find all prior 157 episodes of this podcast. We got 157 of these in the can. Crazy. I remember episode one. Obviously, I remember because I was there. I do. I remember our demo. Right. Episode zero, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, was that episode one, technically? Did they make that episode? No, one? no, no. no. Okay. Our, technically, our first episode was the week after, or okay. the first one after that. Right. All right, yeah, check all that stuff out. 
over at wildfireradio.com and all our other platforms as well. Uh, if you're staying up with us tonight, late, or shoot us after dark, thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, make sure you can, excuse me, like our videos and comment on them. You can interact with us on YouTube and whatnot. Come hang out with your boys. But we got to make the awkward transition to what people have tweeted out years ago. Because if you haven't been watching sports, you probably noticed the recent trend of someone in their sports does something notable. And then all of a sudden, the next day or that night even, a tweet resurfaces from days gone by of some crazy offensive thing that they said years ago. When they, some cases when they were teenagers and other cases, they're still probably adults, but, you know, still years ago. Mm-hmm. Happened with Dante DiFacenzo after the national championship. Didn't really affect his draft stock, but it still came out, like, the night after he mm-hmm. won the most outstanding player in, like, the, you know, or MVP of the national championship game. Uh, you've seen a couple of baseball players that happened to them recently, and WWE wrestlers are not exempt from this at all. They're not exempt from this either because it happened to Ty Dillinger and Cedric Alexander. Now, Ty Dillinger, who is in his 30s, well into his 30s, uh, he is 37. Mm. He made these jokes six years ago. He cannot use the excuse that he was young and dumb. He was 31. (laughs) So Mm. he was of a full age of knowing that his tweets you know, I hadn't seen the tweets, honestly, but they were apparently mm-hmm. offensive. Uh, they made jokes, I believe, about sex or some type of bad thing, maybe rape or something like that. I'm not totally sure. I shouldn't even said all that, honestly. But whatever they said, it was offensive, and people saw it. They resurfaced them. And let's see. Hold on. Wait a second here. I'm reading this from FIFO.com, actually. Thanks. Shout out to the guys from FIFO. Uh, resurfaced from 2011 and 2012 when they were making jokes about what they did and didn't constitute a rape. Okay. By the way, uh, Ty Dillinger really doesn't have an excuse. You don't make jokes about stuff like that. Uh, in no way, shape, or form. I don't care if it is Me Too or Me Too Time or whatever. That's just terrible, man. Like You can't make a joke about that stuff. That really affects people's lives, mm-hmm. man. And Cedric Alexander, who is, I believe, in his early 30s as well. No, he's 28. But even still, six years ago, 22, you're still, you're still old enough to know that that's bad. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you're a little less mature when you're 22 than you are when you're 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they both come out since and apologized on their respective Twitter accounts. You can go to their Twitter accounts and read them, uh, their apologies. Sure, people have accepted them, but I I find it hard to give these people bricks when they say stupid or stuff like that. And you can't say, "Oh, I've grown from that." Like, maybe you might be able to get away with that when you're a teenager. Even still, I mean, I mean, teenagers say stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. We know this a lot. <laughs> a lot of times, if you read. Twitter comments, IG comments, Facebook comments, or play video games mm-hmm. online with teenagers. I've had, I've been called the N-word so many times by 12-year-old kids while playing Left 4 Dead 2. Sad, actually. It's like, what are you doing? Calling me that at 2 in the morning. You should be in bed anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so teenagers, they do say wild things. 
but there's something in you still that makes you want to say that type of stuff, that offensive type of things anyway. So it can't fully give you a pass, but I can sort of get with it. But if you're like 18, 19, 20, 21, like you're at the point where you're kind of like becoming cognizant of offensive things to say. I'm not totally giving anyone a pass really on this type of stuff. And I know the guy from the Brewers got a standing ovation, which was like, what are you giving them a standing ovation hey, for? They, they don't understand. They, they just don't. Like, well, I saw that, and, I, you know, we're talking about Josh Hader, Brewers That's, pitcher, reliever. I, I forgot his name. Seems like a good player that's happening to Just in case uh, anyone listening wasn't aware, uh, you know, he, he, I think, pitched well in the All-Star game. And then after that, uh, the tweets came out of what he said. Well, didn't I, he I don't know the All-Star game? I think he – I don't know if he pitched well in the All-Star game or not. But well, whatever he did yeah. around that time frame. Um, so the first game back after the break was in Milwaukee, his home team – and he got a standing ovation. And for me, my first thought was, okay, maybe the crowd is more or less obsessed with the fact they don't want to look like jerks. So they think giving him a standing ovation is a good thing. Whereas everyone else, that makes sense. is like, what is you doing? What is you doing, Milwaukee? Yeah. Hater it made no sense. Hater gave a home run in the All-Star game, by the way, so he didn't really pitch that uh, Oh, well, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he, it, 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 I don't get it. I really don't. It's yeah. not, it's not get having the back of like your own player. Like this is so much deeper than that. Like it's so much yeah. deeper than sports that, you know, people want their politics out of sports, uh, but like the racism stuff, that's okay. Like, you can't do that. You, yeah, you can't just, do that. And, and it's just, I mean, with Cedric, and it comes to Cedric and Ty Dillinger, again, this was only six years ago. Mm. Ty Dillinger is 37. There's really no excuse mm. at all for him. And I'm a big fan of Ty Dillinger. I'm not one of the types that thought he was going to be, like, U.S. champion, WWE champion or right. something like that when he got to SmackDown or the main roster. But I was really happy that he made the main roster because he had worked so hard to get there for so many years. And, yeah, I'm kind of like, wow, Ty, like, Making a joke about that? Mm. That's bad, man. You can't make jokes about stuff like that. That is that's terrible. And the Cedric, I, I mean, I've I don't think I'm alone in saying I'm a really big fan of Cedric Alexander. I've always root for the brothers, you know, for obvious reason. <laughs> but and like I said, he might be able to say, Oh, I was younger and twenty two, still dumb, I guess you could say. But still, twenty two, you're technically an adult. You can drink, you can drive, whatever. Mm. Um, and you gotta be cognizant enough to know that making a joke about sexual assault is just not good. Like, what are you doing? That's not a laughing matter in any way, shape, or form. So I don't expect any standing ovations from these guys when they walk out to the... I mean, they'll get cheered, obviously, because it's wrestling, and some people don't even know that this happened. Right. And they're both baby faces, just so happen. <clears throat> but, yeah, this is... They, whatever backlash they receive, they deserve. And I know they apologize, mm. and they probably want to move on as quickly as possible. But you gotta, you gotta take that on the chin, fam. Both of y'all, they, they do. And listen, I understand if people that age, like uh, early twenties, um, think that their words don't have an impact. Uh, 
I don't know why they would think that, but I, I think that's part of it where um, they're like, ah, like I'm, I'm just joking. Like I really don't mean it, but they don't understand the impact of their words that hasn't, that they have on other people. And I think we're realizing that as we move along into, you know, 2018 and 2019, 2020, where no, like your words do have consequence, no matter if you're joking or not, obviously depending on what you're quote unquote joking about, right. you can, people can always brush off something. It's like, ah, I was just joking, but they weren't. So that's why like that. It, it's like, are they really joking or like, you know, like, so just don't say that shit. Like it, it's, it's not hard to not say that. Yeah. So here's the thing. First off, don't be racist. Don't be homophobic. Mm. Uh, Good guidelines. Don't make light of sexual assault. So let's make that sure that's clear, people, for all of you out there. Don't be racist. Don't be homophobic. Don't make light of sexual assault. Those are three good rules to live by in life. Mm. Uh, With that said, I really think, and it's like I said, make sure that those three things you remember because don't be those things. Those things are not good. Right? I, and it's ha- I'm pretty sure it's happening in, in our education system today. I'm almost certain it is because it's such an integral part of our society. We didn't. Ha- did, Todd Dillinger didn't have this when he was growing up. I doubt Cedric Allen. He's 28, so I, I know he didn't have it really growing up at all in his classrooms. It's got to be some social media literacy classes going on in these schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that, that I know it happens uh, uh, nowadays, but we got to make it more prevalent, I guess, because. Uh, it's such a such a it's woven into our lives so much, and uh-huh. it it can make or break you. Literally, it could it can yeah. make people, but it can also break the hell. I can break your back, man. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying that oh, be racist and without social on, offline, be homophobic offline. Don't do those things in any type of setting. Don't make light of sexual assault offline. But. I look back at some of the things I've said on Facebook when I was like 19, because I, I didn't join Facebook until 2008. I was like 19 years old. I didn't curse too much on Facebook at all, because uh, I just had the mindset of presenting myself professionally from that, even back then. Uh, but I said some stupid stuff. I didn't spell words right all the time. I look through those memories, man, that Facebook pop up yeah. every day. I'd be deleting them statuses sometimes. <laughs> oh, this can't stay up here. Oh, no. Yeah. Get rid of that. Yeah. Like, I was, uh, yeah, I was only 18, but that ain't no excuse. Goodbye. Right. I'm with you. And, and it's not like it's offensive stuff or it's racial, homophobic, or making light of sexual assault type of stuff. Like, no, it's just me misspelling things or using shorthand instead of you, I'm using the letter U or just stupid stuff, stupid statuses. And it's just like, I just get rid of it. Uh, so, fortunately, I, was, I have not done extreme things like that. But mm. when it came to Twitter, I didn't join Twitter until I was like 23. So I was an adult and you know, working for Philly.com, knowing that, already knowing that if I say something stupid, everybody's going to know about it, and I represent Philly.com, so it could cost me my job. So I'm pretty sure I ain't say nothing really dumb on Twitter in the last, it's been five years since I've been on Twitter. So, but yeah, if, if I got any advice for you kids out there, uh, social media, don't be cursing on social media like that. Don't be racist. Don't be homophobic. Don't make light of sexual assault. Online or off, start now. I've told mm. this to I, I talked to kids in my alma mater in my high school, like maybe a couple days after the Super Bowl. Start now, don't wait till you're 18, 19, or 20, and 21 when you graduate college. 
you're 16, 17, do it now. Mm-hmm. And we, because every people year, will go back, people will go back and Ryan Hader you or Dante DiFacenzo you. And it's not, yeah. I mean, you can say, oh, who are these people that are just digging up this old stuff? What, what lives do they have? But it's your fault for putting it out there. Mm-hmm. It stays. It's your mm-hmm. fault at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them have in their conscience that people are just going to forget like a tweet or something like all you have to do is search a keyword and the person and it's going to show up. So if people are like, Oh, how are they finding these old tweets? It's kind of easy to do. So if someone's inclined, so like you brought up the, the education system, I think in college that's becoming uh, kind of a norm where yeah. people are moving into the workforce that I think it's also important for the younger generations to understand in, that school, when that's they a use, lot of kids are getting on social media in high school. Yeah. Yep. And they don't they think if they put something out there and it's only out there for like a month or two and then they delete it that it's gone forever. No, like someone could have screenshot that. Uh Photoshop is big. Uh obviously there could be Photoshop stuff going on, uh, with tweets and everything like that. Be like, Oh, look what this person tweeted. Uh so they gotta be wary of that too. I'm uh, not saying that's like the big deal. <laughs> the big deal is that they don't understand that whatever they do on social media has a trail. So every year, you know, at the middle school age level, we have somebody come in and just do an assembly at how social media, even if you don't use it, can still affect you uh, if you just by following things. Uh, so I, I do think it's important. Uh, Maybe even parents, maybe when kids start getting at the age where they're wondering what social media is. And I don't know what age that is. Seven, eight, maybe six. Who knows? She ain't on social media. media. (laughs) I mean, and I know they hear about it, though. So good point, though. Parents. Yeah. Get on your kids. Make sure your kids aren't saying or aren't, period, racist, homophobic and making light of sexual assault. Mm. Mm. Like. And maybe some parents they are fit though they they are those type of people. Maybe they are racist. Racism is passed down by generation. You're not born racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know you got to do a better job as parents too. It's all these things. But uh, again, no excuse for Cedric Alexander and Ty Dillinger. Mm-hmm. No. And yeah, like I said, whatever backlash they got, they deserve full, straight up. And I know they apologize, but. Yeah, you gotta take those in the chin, fellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us transition again to to lighter to a lighter topic, even though it's not, not, probably not gonna make us happier to talk about, but <laughs> a little bit of a lighter subject, and that is <clears throat> the rivalry, or lack thereof, between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. It's been going on what three and a half years, something like that. If you count the night after the Royal Rumble as the start of it in 2015, that's January 2015. We're in August 2018. And I know this is only like the fourth match they've had or something like that. But man, we it feels like we've been kind of doing the same thing for the last year with these two. Mm-hmm. Whereas it was, oh, Brock Lesnar doesn't care. He's only here some of the time. And then when he shows up, he beats Roman Reigns' ass and goes away again. <laughs> yeah. Roman Reigns still thinks he doesn't care. And it's like, on one end, WWE's attempt to make Brock Lesnar a heel worked. Problem is, it didn't help Roman Reigns anyway make him a bad baby face. Mm-hmm. Now you got two guys people don't want to see. 
So what, just what, what are your thoughts about this rivalry and what, what has it done anything for you besides, in my opinion, one really good match at WrestleMania a couple years ago? Short answer, nothing has really made me think it was a good idea to, to put these two back together after, uh, you know, their first match. I did think the Royal, the Raw after the Royal Rumble in Philly three years ago uh, was canceled, but they still had that, you know, interview uh, yeah. segment. And I thought that was good. And I was like, wow, this is like a good first step to this match at WrestleMania. I knew at that point, obviously, we booed. Well, I did. I don't know about if you did boot the hell out of Roman Reigns at the Rumble. <laughs> I sat down looking in disbelief. Oh. <laughs> um, and not because I hated him, but it, it wasn't Daniel Bryan winning. And that was my whole night was centered around Daniel Bryan winning the Rumble. So I should have been smarter than that and realized that wasn't going to happen. But hindsight's twenty twenty. The The worst thing about the build was the go-home show to that mania where they played mm-hmm. tug of war, tug of war with the belt, and I was like, "Wow, that's it's kind of lame." Like the first of many missteps, <laughs> yeah. With this rivalry, was that stupid ass tug of war they like, had, and it made no sense. And I'm thinking, okay, well, someone's gonna punch someone. No, they went off the air with them just going back and forth, and I'm like, "All right, I just, I, I was like, I'll give that a pass, just because oh, I didn't, I <laughs> because I, I, I thought that would be the only you about that on Philly.com. <laughs> I can look it up, probably." I just thought, okay, Reigns is going to win at Mania, and then that's going to be that. So obviously Rollins cashed in, and then it, they went away from Lesnar Reigns uh, for, what, two years, two, two and a half years, and then they, they came back to it uh, this WrestleMania, and I did think they did a good job in the beginning again of of kind of pushing the fact that you know, Brock wasn't there. He didn't care. I thought it was good. Reigns got more cheers than we had heard in previous, you know, year, the previous calendar year, I should say. So I thought, okay, like this is a good way of building up more interest into a, ma- a second match between these guys. And I think after that initial promo, and then I think Vince McMahon suspended Reigns. Yeah. And I thought I thought all that was okay. I thought that was good. After that, it completely fell off a cliff because literally nothing happened after that. Like you said, Lesnar shows up, he kicks Reigns' ass. Like I, I did think the when Lesnar beat the crap out of him, that was good. Uh, that might have been the only thing after Reigns got suspended. The only good thing that happened, but between these two, like Reigns and Lesnar. After that, man, I can't think of a single thing that's done. made me want to watch this match again. Just done. And they might do what they did at WrestleMania 31 and tear it up at SummerSlam. They did not tear it up at WrestleMania this year, though. They did not tear it up at the, uh, the Greatest World Rumble. Hmm. So odds are they won't tear it up at SummerSlam, but, you know, there's a chance. Obviously, there's always a chance. But, yeah, I mean... So many just missteps, like you, like I said, just like I said, the pull up the tug of war thing. Uh, then they go into it this year when everyone knew for like pretty much a year that they're going to go to it. 
they tried something different this like I said last or this year with the whole well, Brock doesn't care type of thing. That, you know, that's kind of the first time they really did that, I think. But the, the problem is yeah. that they're doing yeah. it again. They're doing mm-hmm. it again, and now they're taking it a step further where he doesn't now Brock apparently doesn't care about anyone, including Paul Heyman. He's backstage right. reading magazines, like. He's throwing his cell phones like why would or he's like why would I want to watch Raw? It's like you know what, Brock? I agree. Mm-hmm. Like why would I want to watch Raw too? I agree with Brock. <laughs> and like why would I want to watch Raw? It's literally if you hadn't watched since WrestleMania, when it comes to the Universal Title, you haven't missed anything. You you would miss some great stuff with the IC title. Mm. Damn sure ain't missing anything with the tag titles. Uh, you would have mm. missed some great Ronda Rousey stuff. That's about it. Wow. <laughs> two two things. That was I see title and Rousey. <laughs> right, that was four months ago when WrestleMania happened. That was what April. Yeah. yeah. Four months ago. And it to really, the day. Well, not to the day, but almost. Close. Not much has changed. That's bad news, man. Bad news, Bears. And and, and this rivalry, I think, is partially to blame for that because that. They're not even taking a different angle this time. It's the same thing. At least the, the framework of the story is the same. They might take it a different route, but it's the same thing. Brock doesn't care. He's only here part-time. He's he's lazy. He's this, he's that. And Roman, I'm here every day fighting, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Who cares if you just lose every time? Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. How do I care that you're there every day? Like you, If anything, it makes you look worse, that you're always out there fighting and fighting and fighting, and you, sh- you lose to a guy who wrestles twice a year, and he beats the daylights yeah. out of you. I don't, I don't think that helps Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah, and I part of it, why would they do it? You, you know the setting. Brooklyn is not going to give you what you want. Yeah, I don't think they're they care not going to give you the react. But then why not just give Roman the title of WrestleMania? What, why? I know why they didn't do it. It's because they wanted to make British Royal Rumble a big show. In their mind, having Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar on top of that card was a big deal. But then, why not give Reigns the title there? What makes summer the SummerSlam main event of Reigns versus Lesnar any better, in their eyes? I, I can't tell you, bro. <laughs> because, like, we, we sit here, sometimes we try and look through the eyes of the decision makers in WWE, or the decision maker, and we're like, okay, like I can see how that makes sense to Vince and why he wants this. Literally, none of this makes sense in my opinion. Yeah, they've taken the juice, in my opinion, taken the juice out of Raw with this whole thing. Yeah, I t- totally agree with you. I haven't watched a full episode of Raw in a month. And that used to be unheard of for me because I, need, I needed to watch everything to, to make sure I was up to speed with everything. And now it's like I don't even want to. You don't have to. Yeah. Just waiting for this long saga between these two guys to end. That's the worst part. Everybody's just ready for it to end. Usually with a good rivalry, you're not ready for it. You're just wanting to see the next chapter. But with this, you're like, just get over with it or end it, please. You know, and that's that's not what makes a good rivalry. That's not good at all. It's just please get this over with. That's what WWE is getting. It sucked the juice out of Raw. SmackDown has some juice to it. Daniel Bryan versus Miz. Uh, you got mm-hmm. uh, AJ versus Samoa Joe. You got Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. You got Nakamura. Who's Nakamura going up against right now for the U.S. title? Is it really anyone in particular? I don't know. I know he attacked Jeff Hardy. 
Might be a triple threat even, but I don't know if they'll do that. Yeah, the Orton Jeff Rusev's Hardy stuff, out there. I mean, yeah, right? Maybe Rusev. The Orton Jeff Hardy stuff is good so far. Uh, Orton's a heel again. That's always good, mm-hmm. and I think Jeff Hardy's a good babyface for him to go up against. But you got some logical stuff happening on SmackDown that makes sense. I'm kind of in- I'm interested in it. NXT, mm-hmm. of course, is lit pretty much every week. Yeah, also, Champa just won a title last week, and then you got Raw, which is just like. Uh, yeah, Raw just—I mean, the, the 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 universe title scene is, eh. the IC title scene is. Even though Seth and Dolph are really good, kind of redundant at this point. Uh, the tag team division is <laughs> Arthur's Pain just lost this past Monday. Uh, I mean, I I don't get the B team. And that, look, I like the B. I like Curtis Axel. I like. Oh Dallas, but I thought I could have swore the B team was just going to get a title match. And if the B team can win the titles, why couldn't Fandango and and, and Tyler Breeze yeah, win the titles? Why not? Yeah, yeah. But no, we got we got Raw's version of the Mulkey Brothers. They're the tag team champions, and and on Raw flagship show, uh, your women's division. That's when some good stuff is happening because Ronda Rousey is going to beat the hell out of. Uh, <laughs> that's always good. Uh, so yeah, I mean, here and there, but. For the most part, the, the the it's just eh, eh. That's and bad, and it doesn't help when it's three hours. Ah, no, not at all, not Kill at all. Killing me with these long ass shows. We don't stay too long. We don't overstay our welcome. We only give you about sixty minutes or so. And with that said, Is we're that? about at the sixty minute mark. Let's wrap it up, Nick. Take us out with some plugs. Mm. Uh, you can follow me and my. Probably more Lesnar reigns ramblings uh, throughout the next few weeks at Nick Bacone on Twitter. And you can follow us at Shooters Radio. And follow me. I'll have a SummerSlam recap at phillyvoice.com. Uh, that'll be great. And uh, we got some phillyinfluencer.com stuff. Tracking the Eagles, training camp, we're the back. And the Phillies are in first place. So we got some good stuff up there. Go check it out. Good time in Philly, the Philadelphia sports. Yeah, and we're camp. on Facebook, facebook.com slash straight shooters. Eagles training camp, the Phillies in first place. It's, it's a good time. time good time of year right good now. Time. Good time. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's not good at all, but yeah. <laughs> what is good is the fact that we're on iTunes, we're on Google Player, we're on Stitcher, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Spreaker, we're on TuneIn, we're on Player FM, we're on SoundCloud, and of course the mothership, wildfireradio.com where you go listen to this episode 158. And all 157 of our other episodes as well. I'm at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. Uh, you can check out my stuff on Twitter. And of course, as always, I'm out here in these streets, son. I'm hollering at me. Uh, hopefully, not the same street that I fell into today. Uh, my street almost got me. The streets almost got me, son. So it was bad out here for your boy. Oh, man. Literally almost gobbled me up, but I'm all right. I didn't let it happen. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, check us out. Of course, we're also we're on YouTube as well. Uh, so you've stayed up late with us tonight. Thank you. Get some sleep. Yeah, we got work in the morning. I will. Yeah, everybody. All oh, everybody. Yeah, no, everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. So for Nick Pacon, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening and watching episode 158 of the Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week. Peace.
You've been listening to the Straight Shooters on Wildfire Radio. For advertising opportunities, contact Nick Picone via email at piconenick at gmail.com or call 856-625-1190.